Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel, episode 101. <laughs> so this is uh, extremely different circumstances. So the last episode, I just recorded that last night, even though this will probably come out a week apart. But yeah, last night I was all fired up and half drunk, and I was just like, fuck it. There's this uh, this view that I always saw from my balcony of my Airbnb. It's just uh, just some streetlights just going up into the mountains off in the distance and that's where I was walking yesterday I was just like it was like kind of late at night but I was just like fuck it let's just go let's just get out of this fucking apartment let's just go walk up there and see what's up there and I wound uh, around this mountain path and of course what was up there was a family mart and a (laughs) 7-eleven and then I checked checked my little google maps and you know it's just more just more Tokyo so I just found a different route to wind back down the mountain back to where I started and you know it was like a two or three hour walk it was just cool you know I kind of didn't see anything but I guess it's like I was saying when I was up on that mountain in Fukuoka you know nature is kind of weirdly boring just going for walks it's kind of weirdly boring but it's also awesome it's just like my favorite thing to just walk around and I mean I'll probably never be back there again but I love that that's in my little mental map now from Akigawa Station, I know this cool little walk through some mountains that I'll probably never take again. But uh, it also kind of, it's like I've been at this uh, new Airbnb for a few days and I think I kind of wore myself out. Like I kind of walked pretty much as far as I can reasonably walk in uh, three of the four directions. And the last one, I haven't tried yet, but it's where the subway ends and there's nothing but huge mountains on the map. I don't think that one's gonna go too far. So it's like, all right, I guess I'm kind of done with that neighborhood. And it's funny, like even though I'm way on the outskirts now, it's still that same, just like getting insanely lost thing. I definitely felt a bit of that in Fukuoka, but it's way worse in Tokyo. Tokyo is so confusing. Where I literally saw a huge Toys R Us, you know, like a huge Walmart-style big box store. And it was kind of raining a little. This was the other day. So I was looking for somewhere to get out of the rain. And I was like, perfect, that'll be perfect. But instead of going straight there, I did the classic thing. I'm like, but let me just go one more block up. Because I saw uh, in the distance, I thought it was a cocoa curry. And I'm like, let me see if that's a cocoa curry. Then I'll hang a right round the block, go to the Toys R Us. And it's like, there's no way I can lose this Toys R Us, right? It's fucking enormous. But I lost it. It's just unbelievable. (laughs) Like, if you go one block out of the way, again, it's because I'm just, I'm using terminology that doesn't apply to Tokyo. There are no blocks. Things aren't angular. (laughs) See, I was just like, 10 minutes later, I'm like, this is fucking insane. Where did the Toys R Us go? What is happening? How did I lose it? How did this happen? It's just how it is in Tokyo, man. It's just how it works. If I was an invading force trying to get to the fucking center, good fucking luck, man. But yeah, it kind of wore out, you know, it's like, okay, there's, it's like a pretty expensive ride. It costs about $8 for me to get into Tokyo proper. So I was just staying out there at the outskirts. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. This is cool. But I'm kind of wearing it out. It's like, all right, I think I've kind of seen what there is to see, though, in this neighborhood. So maybe I'll go back into Tokyo now. 
But then I was running things through my mind and I'm like, all right, what are the big heavy hitters? Like the train I've got to take pops me out in uh, Shinjuku. I didn't really want to go there. It's my, maybe my least favorite of the famous places. It's just uh, just a lot, of, a lot of stores. I didn't really spend much time there, but it just seems like a lot of stores and big buildings. Could go to Shibuya, kind of like Yoyogi Park. But you know, it's like whatever, take it or leave it. Akihabara is the big famous place with all the uh, video game stores and stuff, but it's kind of crazy. It's not, uh, since I don't buy stuff because I only have my one book bag, kind of defeats the purpose there a little bit. So really what it came down to is just my old neighborhood where my first Airbnb was near Ikebukuro, you know, that I'd never heard of before I got here. I never heard of Ikebukuro, but now it's my favorite place because it's just the one I was near. It's the one I spent the most time at. And it really is like a nice little mix of like, it's a bit like Akihabara, it's a bit like Shibuya. It's a bit like everything. It's even got some of that Rapongi nightlife. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. So I'm back there now. I'm on the little walk from Nakaitabashi to Oji Station. And then I'm gonna go through the park there and up the highway to Ikebukuro and I'll probably just sit around. <laughs> There's this thing I just love, I think I mentioned it before, but like outside of the uh, subway there, where people just hang out and smoke and you can just drink outdoors in this country, is not a big deal. And it really feels like being in a bar, but you're outside, like an outdoors bar. <laughs> it's so weird. I guess it even, I guess bars don't even feel like that anymore because you can't smoke in bars anymore. I guess it's like how I remembered bars being when I was a kid. And you know, my trailer park boys upbringing, it's like, of course you go into the bar with your parents. Of course you go to the store to buy them cigarettes, you know? But yeah, it's kind of interesting that this is like my, my last kick at the cat, you know, my final, all right, like I was in Tokyo, then Fukuoka, then back to Tokyo before I leave Japan. So what do I want to see? Like, what's the thing I want to make sure I do before I leave Japan. And it's just weird that it's not anything that anybody would recognize, you know? It's just this little path, this little route that I kind of carved out for myself. I might go back to the sky tree too. There's a pretty good chance, but uh, you know, again, I could kind of take it or leave it. It's really just this, this weird little spot that I was in where I would just walk randomly for no reason. <laughs> my, my first places that I got lost, you know, and just the places where I wandered at night, not knowing what the hell I was doing with myself. But that's like, that's what's like weirdly fun. That's like the, the fun memories. It's weird too, if I ever come back to Japan, it's like, I guess this is what I would do. I would just do this same little weird, pointless walk that I'm doing right now. If I'm ever back in Fukuoka, I'll do my little uh, walk to, from Omibayashi up to the observation deck. And I guess it is like that everywhere, you know? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this has come up before, I guess, but yeah, landmarks. I don't get it. I don't understand landmarks. They just, ever since, I guess I really noticed when I moved to uh, New York and I was just completely nonplussed. I'm like, yeah, okay, there they are. There's the stuff. Who, who fucking gives a shit? And again, I think maybe people just give a shit because they tend to have quick vacations. You know, if I'm only going to be here for two days, I guess I'll see the shit that you're supposed to see. But yeah, that's uh, it's not what I like. Anyway, it's not what I meant to talk about. 
I guess I just wanted to say, yeah, today's a whole different situation from yesterday because I was up way too late. I didn't sleep that much, but it, for some reason, I don't know, I just woke up today and I'm like, fuck it. Today's the day I'm going to take that long-ass train ride to Ikebukuro. Even though I'm fucking wiped. I'm going to take a long train ride so I can take a long walk and then a long train ride back. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. So I'm a lot more energy deficient, but I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good right now. I love too, I mean, even just this intense humidity. I don't know, I don't mind it. Again, it's like somehow just different from like New York humidity. I guess maybe just because this is an island, there's a lot more wind. Like Manhattan humidity, holy shit. I don't know, it's just, you just die. But I love the island feeling here and the mountains. I mean, I just love mountains and there's just mountains everywhere. It's just, it's just cool, man. It's just a good place. Yeah, I'd say maybe Japan more so than anywhere, except maybe Vancouver also has this feeling because it is also just rainforesty and beautiful everywhere. It's like, it's cool to go there, but literally just to go there, to just be there, to just soak it in, to just feel it. Not to actually go to specific places and see specific stuff. Just see whatever, just walk around. And it's just cool, it's good stuff. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just the comfort of having a process. Like I was uh, giving a lot of shit last episode to writers that follow way too much of a pattern and way too much of a structure with their stories. That I'm not so much a fan of, but I am a fan of a mechanical process of just a uh, consistent, predictable way of working that you can apply every day and just keep chipping away at your story. For me, of course, it is to write every day, just to make sure I write to some degree every day. Sometimes I get just a tiny bit done, sometimes I get more done, but just that it's every day. And what really helps that happen, what really ensures that I can find time in my day, are these old-ass droid phones that I just buy off eBay. There's like the Motorola Droid series from about 2010 to 2013 had these slide-out keyboards. And it's just, you know, a basic, basic-ass Droid OS that is a little weird now because you can't really update it because it's too old. But I've just got a little file manager program, a little text editor program, Got the APKs kicking around on a hard drive and I just throw those on there and I'm good to go. And I way prefer typing on a physical keyboard like that. It's way easier for me. I don't like touchscreen typing at all. It's really awkward. And even just stuff like cutting and pasting. If you gotta cut and paste your writing, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe I just am, maybe there's ways to do it on a touchscreen, but man, it's awkward. Like, especially if you've got to scroll because something is larger than what fits on your screen. I don't know, it's really awkward to me. And that's a huge part of what I do. It's like I write things in pieces and then I paste them all together. Or if they're not working, I break them apart into little pieces so I can look at them individually and figure out what the fuck's going on. For that alone, the keyboard is amazing. You can just hold the shift key and use the up and down arrows to select stuff. That alone. Game changer. Just moving a cursor is one of the hugest problems with touchscreen typing. Like if you're just typing some 
bullshit text messages, like, fine, whatever. So they're all goofed up, who cares? But yeah, when you need to specifically put your cursor in a particular area, it's a nightmare. I hate typing on a touchscreen. But the downside to these mechanical keyboards, I can definitely see why they don't make them anymore, because with mechanical keyboards comes the opportunity for mechanical failure. You know, there's a, a lot of moving pieces. Each one is an actual physical button that something can go wrong with. And this phone I've got now, who knows? Who knows what went wrong? It could be the humidity, might be, because you know, there's like the buttons on the keyboard, but then the letters on the keyboard are all, uh, you know, just stuck on with some super glue. Because I had a phone once that I used for so long. It was amazing, like it just wouldn't fail. It just wouldn't break for so long that all of the keys like flaked off. It took like two years for this to happen. So my phone just had glowing spots for keys, like with no letters on them, but I just knew the keyboard, so I just typed on it. It was, it was fine. But maybe the humidity is fucking that up and making the keys double press. Or maybe the humidity is getting into the thing on a more fundamental level. Or maybe it's just that it's a 2013 phone. Maybe it's just gummed up and goofed up. But yeah, it's doing this thing where I'll press the key and sometimes it double types, sometimes it triple types. It's really bad when it double types and then you press backspace and it double backspaces. It very quickly becomes wildly frustrating. It's like, this is fucking ridiculous. So I was trying to type very slowly and mindfully to be careful about seeing the double types and fix them as I go. But I just have to type so slow to make sure it doesn't fuck up while meanwhile, you know, I've got the thing, I got the idea in my head I, that I want to type. And I'm not a fast worker, but I'm not a slow worker. Like to deliberately type at a quarter of your normal speed or whatever, it's maddening. <laughs> it's just like as in your ideas just start gumming up and it's like in my brain, I'm already five or six lines of dialogue ahead of this, but I've got to type really slow or it gets all fucked up. It's driving me nuts. But I realized today on my long train ride, this is super obvious. I just never thought of it until now. But all I got to do is just change my little mechanical method a little bit. Where I just got to type the stuff out and let it, let it have all the extra letters and all the extra spaces. Because as I'm typing, all that'll happen is just extra stuff, you know? It just adds in extra spaces and extra copies of the letters. It's all totally legible. It just looks all fucked up and longer than it needs to be. So I just got to split it into two pieces. Instead of trying to type really carefully the first time, fuck it. Just type it all crazy. Who gives a shit? Just get it out. Blah, blurt it all out for 20 minutes or whatever. Do a bunch of writing. You know, you got some downtime. Like today when I'm on this long train ride, the perfect time. I wrote a bunch of stuff. I had all these cool ideas, wrote down all this shit. And then later, I'll just make that a little additional task later in the day. When I'm sitting down somewhere, when I'm at a nice coffee shop or something, I'll go through and just do the mechanical job of fixing it. And splitting up those tasks into two just takes away all that stress and all that annoyance I was feeling. Cause like, it's so annoying for the keyboard to be goofing up on me when I'm just trying to get my ideas out. So just blah, get those out. And then later I can fix it without like like, it will just be a mechanical job of just taking out the extra letters and just being careful 
to go in and clean it up. So I could fucking listen to music. I could probably listen to a podcast. I can just not be thinking critically and just do that nice little job. And like, that'll be kind of fun. That'll be an okay little like, yeah, let's just sit down and chill and have a coffee somewhere and clean up today's writing. And yeah, splitting it in half like that, it's like two little jobs that are kind of fun instead of one job that was making me lose my mind. <laughs> so I don't know, it's a dumb little example, but... But yeah, dividing and conquering, man. Just, just breaking up the things you need to do into small things. Like if something is too much, if you're just not doing it, like I think the ultimate test is if you're not doing something every day, you know, if you've set a task for yourself, but then you're not doing it each day, it's because you're, you're doing too much, I think, in that day. You're expecting too much of yourself. So if you just break it into smaller pieces, and then it's digestible, and then it, then it starts to move, then it starts to happen. Because, yeah, it's only been a few days that this phone has been doing this to me, but I'm starting to dread it already. It's just like, ah, uh, if I pull out this phone, I'm just going to get angry at it. But with this little tiny switch, it's like, oh, yeah, this is... This is just what it's supposed to be. The first pass is supposed to be <laughs> all goofed up looking. Because that's just what my phone is right now. That's just what it does. And I can't get a new one. I'm in Japan. Jeez, actually, maybe I can. Maybe I should go to Akihabara and <laughs> see if I can get... I don't know. I don't want to get some Japanese phone. I'll be back home soon enough. I guess to, like, apply this a little more to uh, to not just be this weird idiosyncratic story about these weird stupid old phones that I use like to apply this more broadly because my big like breakthrough moment that uh, was the reason I decided to start this podcast and you know try to spread the good word of uh, all the years that I struggled to write consistently and never could and then what finally broke the failure streak was writing my nonfiction book that I wrote. And it was just working every day. Work a little bit every day. Pick away, pick away. Because, you know, the now is where we all exist. And the future and the past are but constructs of our minds. And blah, blah, blah. So it's like either you're working right now or you're never going to get to the end. You're never going to achieve your goal. You're never going to complete your long-term project. You got to work on it now. You got to work on it right now. Right now. Today. If you don't work on it today, there's no other place that it can be worked on. It can't be worked on yesterday. It can't be worked on tomorrow. Those things don't exist. It's only today. Today is all that ever exists. You're just constantly always in today. So you got to work today. Every day you got to work. And then things will get done. It's like magic. Otherwise, they don't get done. But that can be easier said than done because, yeah, you know, for many years I was not doing that. Someone can tell you that all day long, but if it's too much, if it's too much weight, if you're not acclimated to it, if you don't have the habit, if you don't have the ability to work on something every day, like if you just can't hold that task in your mind... If it seems too big, if it seems too weighty, then you'll just find reasons not to do it. You'll find reasons to put it off. You'll find reasons to, like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes, and uh, that's it. 
and then you die unfulfilled, having accomplished nothing. <laughs> ah. I think maybe my lack of sleep is starting to catch up to me. I feel like my brain is unraveling. But yeah, the, uh, the evidence. Because it's easy to talk yourself out of these things too, where it's like, ah, it's fine. I'll do it eventually. I'll do it tomorrow. It's all good. But I really think to just kind of, if you step outside of yourself and you just take an objective look, the only objective proof of whether you're getting things done or not is, did you work on it today? <laughs> and if you didn't, then you're not. If you did, then you are. So if you're not working on your project, in this case, presumably a novel, every day, then you're not working on it. Something's going wrong. It's too heavy. It's too big of a task. Whatever your particular circumstances are, things aren't connecting. Things aren't working. So if that is the case, don't uh, make up justifications. Don't feed yourself a bunch of bullshit. Don't uh, explain away to yourself why it's okay. It's not okay. You got to work every day. You got to. And if you're not, then you got to figure out why not and alter your process until you can and do work every day. So if you're not working on your little fucking novel every day, it's probably because it's too much, it's too big of a thing, just in your own brain. You're conceptualizing of something that is too big to do, too uncomfortable, so you're not doing it. So break it up, break it into smaller tasks, smaller things, like maybe even just this idea of hey, just write every day and don't worry about how much. To me, I feel like that's not asking very much, but it's still not a given. It might be asking too much. It was too much for me for many years. So maybe it'd be better to break things down even more than that and kind of delineate things even more. Give yourself a process to fall back on that's even more kind of prescribed than that, that's more delineated and fucking itemized <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for that's broken into smaller more discrete tasks little chunks of activity so instead of just write a little bit every day what if you did it in stages like the way I was just saying like I'm gonna write out a bunch of stuff on my broken keyboard and then later in the day, I'm going to go back and clean it up. What if you kind of approach it like that? Like, okay, today, I'm just going to write things down in whatever scene I met, whatever point I met in this book. I'm going to write things down just in extreme point form. Here is the vague notion of what's supposed to happen in the next few moments of this story. And that's it. You did it. That's enough for that day. Then the next day, say it's a conversation, the next day you write out the lines of dialogue like it's a play. You just put like the first initial of the character and then you write their dialogue. A says this, B says this, A says this, B says this. Good, done, you're done for that day, that's enough. Then the next day you just go through and you pretty that up a little bit, you know? You add in the proper punctuation. You add in the he said, she said. You add in the, uh, you know, the stage direction, for lack of a better term. The, uh, he got up, he walked over here, he opened the door. 
And then there you go, you're done. You're done for the day. Like just break it into these little pieces. Because again, it just doesn't matter how little you do. You've got many thousands of days theoretically ahead of you. And they go by at a lightning pace. You just got to do the littlest little bit every day. The littlest something and it'll add up. And then from there, once you get your hands on those handholds, you can climb from there, you know? You can start building your tolerance from there, building your ability to focus from there, building the amount that you get done every day from there, which will be very slow and very gradual. But anything more than nothing is the goal. That's all you got to get to. That's all that matters. Anything more than nothing will eventually add up. Nothing will never add up. So I think that's enough for today. I feel like I'm, I'm like an irate school marm today. Definitely a little under-rested and <laughs> just rambling. And I guess I should be focusing on this walk, right? If I can take the train all the way in here just to walk on this weird path, I should pay attention. And I was just trying to think of like what song Anything is better than nothing, you know, was the line. I just remembered it's Elliot Smith. What song is that? I don't know, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> the Elliot Smith song where he says anything is better than nothing. That's what we're going to listen to right now. Thanks for listening. Adios. Here come the sidewalk boss again Telling me how I can't cave in That I'm a study in black Need a pat on the back I look up and smile A picture of dissatisfaction That he can only see as a junkie Though I might be straight as an arrow He's busy shaking hands with my monkey Busy shaking hands with my monkey I go and